This is Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on your official home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Into hour two, Sportsnet today is live from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios on this Wednesday for Doug Lacey's Basement Systems. Cracked foundation, blowing foundation walls. We have a simple permanent solution to stabilize your foundation. Contact Basement Systems. They are all things basement. Eve is dlbasementsystems.com. Hour one, lots of Stanley Cup final chat, including our pal Luke Fox from Sportsnet, his latest from Vegas on the championship that is now in the hands of the Vegas Golden Knights. We also heard from both coaches, chatting a little bit about what's next for both of these clubs as the NHL offseason is now fully underway. But we're kicking off hour two, chatting some CFL football with you. Calgary Stampeders, disappointing result in week one, losing to the BC Lions. Another Thursday matchup coming up this week, kickoff week number two. This time they'll take on the Red Blacks, but they will be down a very important member of their offense. The team announcing that running back Kadeem Carey has been placed on the six-game injured list. He's dealing with a toe injury and obviously takes him out of action. For Thursday's matchup against Ottawa, Dedrick Mills will make his season debut along with Peyton Logan at the running back position. So not great news for Dave Dickinson and the Stampeders offense heading into week two without one of, if not the best running backs in the CFL. But let's get you set for tomorrow's game. It's time for your Wednesday edition of the Stamps Report. This this is the Stamps Report with Patrick Dumas. It's a travel day for the Calgary Stampeders as they get ready to kick off week two of the CFL season with a trip to the nation's capital and a date with the Ottawa Red Blacks. The big concern heading into this contest was the status of a very important figure on this stamp squad and arguably one of the best running backs in the league, Kadeem Carey. Carey left week one's game late in the third quarter with what the team is calling a toe injury. Carey was then placed on the six-game injured list on Tuesday, so it'll be Peyton Logan and Diedrich Mills getting the lion's share of touches in the backfield. Coach Dickinson joined the boys on the big show to discuss the injury to Kadeem. It's not ideal. I mean, he, he was uh, very motivated to have a huge year, and he was playing well, even though uh, I just feel like he's kind of our energy. He's kind of a guy that brings that extra that extra gear. and uh, Somebody's going to have to step up and take over that role, and I think I got talent. I think both Diedrich and Peyton are good running backs. Um, I mean, Diedrich has got a lot of similarities to Kadeem, but uh, we'll miss him, we'll miss him, but uh, you got to go with what you got, and I have a lot of faith in our guys. The loss of Kerry will be huge for this group, but it's always been a next man up motif here in Calgary for many years now. Like Coach said, someone is going to have to step up. 
Protecting the quarterback is vital for any team to have success, and the Stamps will welcome back one of their big hog mollies on the O-line in Zach Williams. He missed most of the preseason nursing an arm injury, and Coach Dickinson provides some insight on what Williams and this offensive line can do. Well, as a full group, it's got to be, obviously, offensive line's your leader, and that means you got to be able to be balanced to run the ball. And uh, they do. They have a very good pass rush, but who doesn't? Who doesn't in this league? Yeah. You know? So that's, yeah. to me, it's everybody's got good defensive line. Got to be a full group when I say that, running back and quarterback. Have to understand when they're when they're bringing in, when I need to get, them, get rid of the ball quicker. But uh, I think we'll be better, but you know what? We are growing. We did have Zach yeah. out, and we've got uh, basically now two, two new uh, offensive tackles, and that's the decision we went with. So that's, uh, we've got to help build them and grow them and, and, and make these guys better players. Getting Zach Williams on that left side will be massive, especially when dealing with one of the premier pass rushers in the game in Lorenzo Malden. Caleb Beninock also getting the start at right tackle for an injured Hugh Thornton. So Williams and Beninock are the two changes on the offensive line heading into Thursday. The Stampeders with a record at TD Place since the return of football to the nation's capital has been pretty good, going 5-1-2, and two, including a 17-3 win there last season. Coach Dave on his team's matchup with the Red Blacks. It's been challenging. They, they beat us as well. Uh, you know, and uh, we've had a great cup against them where we lost. So they're, they're a good organization that's coming off a bad year, and they're, they're looking to, to provide a spark. And we're going to have a tough go in their home opener. I feel like the fans will be into it, and there'll be a nice, loud atmosphere, which it could be good, though. Provide us energy. Uh, I don't know what the weather's going to be like out there, but I like I like Ottawa. I think it's a cool city. I do like being on the road early in the year because I think the players can kind of generate relationships and, and come together a little bit. So use it as a positive, but the number one positive has got to be a win. we got to go out there and get a W. Should be a good one to kick off week two in the CFL. Rain could be in the forecast for Thursday night, so that will be interesting to see for sure. And taking a look at the depth chart for this game, already mentioned the two changes on the offensive line with Williams and Beninock getting the starts at left guard and right tackle, respectively. Diedrich Mills will make his season debut, as will two interesting ads on the defense in former BC Lion and Saskatchewan Rough Rider Jordan Herdman-Reed and Mike Moore, who retired before training camp but was quickly brought back as we got the season underway. Nichelle Jamerson remains on the one-game injured list, so Kobe Williams will get the start for Tay Daly at the right side halfback spot. Calgary and Ottawa will kick off week two of the CFL season on Thursday night at 5.30 p.m. With your Stamps Report, I'm Patrick Dumas. Thank you, Patty. Appreciate that. That is your Wednesday edition of the Stamps Report. We will chat with Patrick live on Thursday during the program to uh, get you set for the Stamps and the Ottawa Red Blacks. But uh, we'll hear more right now from head coach Dave Dickinson, his entire chat. With the guys on the morning show, it is the big show with Rustic and Rose. Uh, head coach and GM Dave Dickinson with his weekly hit with the guys uh, diving more into the Stamps matchup with Ottawa on Thursday. Dave, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. Did you say Eric Francis goes by the franchise? I did. Yeah, we call him the franchise oh. around here in Sportsnet. Well, that head's going to get even bigger on Eric. <laughs> well done. Totally true. Uh, uh, Dave, I know we, we want to dive in uh, to your to your team and look ahead to the game tomorrow night, but I want to get your thoughts on, I know you follow the Calgary Flames, your thoughts on Ryan Huska being named the new head coach of the team. 
Yeah, I didn't I didn't know him personally, but I threw him a quick text and just uh, going to try to connect. Uh, best thing, I loved his hairstyle. Uh, that's right <laughs> up my alley. Uh, um, no, I'm excited. I mean, I talked to some other people, too, and everyone really, I think, likes to hire and believes he needs to get a chance. It's got some similarities with Connie, like uh, give these guys a chance to support them, and uh, hopefully they get the good energy and it works out and, and they uh, – they take that next step. Coach, uh, looking ahead to uh, the week of action, you've got the Ottawa Red Blacks this week. Today's a travel day, and then it'll be a Wednesday ga- uh, pardon me, Thursday game, 5.30 kickoff. Um, depth chart has already come out, and the most notable thing seen there is Kadeem Carey has been moved to the six-game injured list. So can you just tell us a little bit about uh, Dedrick Mills and Peyton Logan and uh, maybe a-, a little bit about what we can expect for a timeline for Kadeem Carey? not ideal it's not yeah. ideal i mean he he was uh very motivated to have a huge year and he was playing well even though uh i just feel like he's kind of our energy he's kind of a guy that brings that extra that extra gear and uh somebody's gonna have to step up and take over that role and i think i got talent i think both Diedrich and peyton are good running backs um i mean Diedrich has got a lot of similarities to Kadeem, but uh, we'll miss him. We'll miss him. But uh, you got to go with what you got. And I have a lot of faith in our guys. And game. Yeah. yeah, and and Diedrich Mills is one of those guys that I'm I'm really interested to see. It felt like every time he played last year, he was running someone over and, and sending someone from the opposition to the sideline. What do you like in his game? Have you seen some growth that tells you that he's ready to kind of take over this role with Kadeem out for a little while here? He thinks he's ready and uh, he wants the opportunity. And I do believe when he played, he played well. It's a, uh, it's kind of a whole thing with Diedrich because you know, get you got to make sure you're locked in on all your assignments. And when he's running the ball, I think that's his strength. And now it's just pass protection. It's not that he can't do it; it's just seeing the fronts and, and, and making the adjustments. And he does a pretty good job coming out of the backfield as well. But I think that's an area he he can be better at. So those are some things, obviously, that playing and, and doing it will, will, will help him the most. I know that your day one of practice got smoked out, so you were able to do a little bit more limited work, but just overall, how was the week of practice as you get ready for Ottawa coming off a, a loss in week one to BC? Yeah, we, uh, you know, we need to practice. We're, uh, we're a young team that needs to get better, and we were a little out of sync. I think, you know, we're not going to overreact. Uh, we did not play game we wanted to in week one but we got to understand there's got to be urgency each and every day to get better and thought our guys practice hard i am not questioning our effort ever uh, we just got to have better execution we have to have guys make more plays and uh, if we can do that then i like our chances uh, dave what, what's the timeline for for a head coach and general manager like yourself to to get over those early season you know just this, just iron out some of the the things that make mistakes on the season. When, when, when are those things kind of inexcusable for you? Week three, week four? What's the timeline for something like that? Well, I mean, to me, you're earning your playing time from the get-go. Uh, so if you're, yeah, I mean, obviously you can make mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes, but you've got to show that you're accountable to your teammates and you're going to do your job. That started, started already now. That means if you're not doing your job and another guy is, on the practice roster or maybe a, a healthy scratch, they may get that opportunity. So the urgency is already there. It's just you don't panic in the CFL um, because you've got, you know, six of your nine teams are going to make the playoffs. And 
you do feel like if you can get rolling from Labor Day on, you got a chance to win it. But as you've seen, at home playoff games matter, uh, and we got to get make sure we're we're winning games now so that we have a chance to be that first round by and can hopefully uh, play our playoff games at McMahon. Uh, Dave, uh, Jake Mayer struggled a little bit to start uh, week one against BC. Heading into this week, uh, he had some chemistry going there late with Trey Adams, Dukes, Reggie Bagleton, a lot of a lot of crossing routes underneath patterns. What do you what do you want to see out of Jake and your receivers heading into Ottawa? Well, I mean, we we do gotta we did protect overly well. Um, you know, I realized Hugh Thornton had a, an ankle injury in that game on a missed field goal, the very first uh, kick of the game, and. I was kind of wondering because he didn't play as well as he had in camp and what I've seen you play. And so Jake was taking some hits, and I think he just got out of rhythm a little bit. Uh, but we got to make some more plays down the field. Uh, we've got to not not only just read the defense, we've got to make sure that we get what we call chunk plays, you know, some 20, 30 yarders. The game's just too hard to sit back and mm-hmm. you know, throw for five and throw for six and run for five, run for six. We have to have some big explosive plays. and. That's uh, hopefully the way we're going to get the win this weekend. Uh, talk about your protection. Zach Williams coming in for his first start at left guard, and then Caleb Beninock getting a start for Hugh at right tackle. Ottawa had six sacks last week. Uh, Lorenzo Malden led the league in sacks a year ago. How do you like uh, the protection heading into tomorrow night? Well, it's a full group. It's got to be, obviously, offensive line's your leader, and that means you got to be able to be balanced to run the ball. And uh, They do. They have a very good pass rush, but who doesn't? Who doesn't in yeah. You know, so that's, yeah. to me, it's everybody's got good defensive line. Got to be a full group when I say that. Running back and quarterback have to understand when they're when they're bringing in when I need to get get rid of the ball quicker. But uh, I think we'll be better. But you know what? We are growing. We did have Zach yeah. out, and we've got uh, basically now two two new uh, offensive tackles, and that's the decision we went with. So that's uh, we've got to help build them and grow them and and, and make these guys better players. The offensive line is such a unique position. Like, how much do you like to interact with that group of players and, and their style of play? Or, or how much do you kind of let Pat Delmonico almost kind of get that group going, get that group ready? Well, Pat does it, obviously. And then uh, I do. That was my group, though. You know, as a quarterback, hmm. you, you love to hang with the big boys. Uh, that was the guys I hung with the most and, uh, and really enjoy. You know, I know how hard it is. I know how hard it is to play that position. And I know what those guys, they don't get recognized until they do something wrong. Hmm. And uh, so I I just feel like a lot of times your offensive line is how your team goes. You know, they're the ones that set the culture and and the physicality and all those type of things. So definitely uh, I enjoy uh, hanging with the guys, but but Pat's uh, Pat's the leader in that group, and he does a great job. Other side of the trenches, Probably didn't get enough pressure on Vernon Adams Jr. from defensive line or, or really that group in the opening game. But what do you need to see more of? What do you need to see improve from that group as you head uh, up against a, a former Stampeder, most likely, in Nick Arbuckle? Yeah, I mean, we're, um, you said we need more. We're going to play Mike more. Um, you know, so it's not like he had camp or anything, but he had a good 10 days to, to get, get into our stuff. We're going to have a rotation and we're going to try to keep the guys fresh. A lot of times in Ottawa, in the past, a little muggy, and we're not used to that humidity, and our guys have gotten tired, so we should have a good rotation. Uh, but we need to we need to impact the game. We need to impact the game, and that means you got to hit the quarterback. The 
best pass coverage in the world is a good pass, pass rush. And uh, our guys have got to be in the backfield disrupting uh, disrupting their quarterbacks. Uh, Ottawa hasn't been in the league for, for too much longer now, but you're 5-1-2 and two in Ottawa since the return of football to the nation's capital. What is it about Ottawa that uh, things have just gone well for your group? I just, um, you know what, they've, uh, they've been challenging. They, they beat us as well. Uh, you know, and uh, we've had a great cup against them where we lost. So they're, they're a good organization that's coming off a bad year, and they're, they're looking to, to provide a spark. And we're going to have a tough go in their home opener. I feel like the fans will be into it, and there'll be a nice, loud atmosphere, which it could be good, though. Provide us energy. Uh, I don't know what the weather's going to be like out there, but I like I like Ottawa. I think it's a cool city. I do like being on the road early in the year because I think the players can kind of generate relationships and, and come together a little bit. So use it as a positive, but the number one positive's got to be a win. we got to go out there and, and get a W. Dave Dickinson is the head coach and general manager of your Calgary Stampeders. Dave, thanks for this. Best of luck in Ottawa. Okay, guys. All the best. Head coach and GM of the Stamps, that is Dave Dickinson. He joins Ruskin Rose on the big show every week. The latest on your Calgary Stampeders. Thursday night football sees Calgary and Ottawa both searching for their first victory of the season. It'll be a 5-30 kickoff. Like we mentioned, no Kadeem Carey. He is on the six-game injured list. Dedrick Mills and Peyton Logan will be handling the running back duties for the Stampeders. Also, a quick note. Uh, former Stampeder cut during training camp. Derek Dennis announcing his retirement uh, from football today. Uh, moving on to a media and coaching career. Uh, it sounds as though Derek wasn't able to land with another team after training camp. It looked like he was going to be a stalwart on the Stamps offensive line. Uh, but all the best to Derek Dennis as he moves on uh, in his post-football playing career. Uh, still to come in week two, Sask and Winnipeg from uh, Regina. will be the home opener for the Rough Riders. Uh, that's a Friday night football matchup against Winnipeg. Saturday, Elks and Lions from BC for a 5 o'clock kickoff. BC looking to go 2-0 to start the season. And it's the season debut for the Toronto Argonauts after a week one bye for a Battle of Ontario. They take on the Hamilton Tiger Cats and Bo Levi Mitchell. Closing things out on a Sunday evening, 5 o'clock start. All your week two action uh, in the CFL there. Like I mentioned, we'll have a live stamps report with Patty Dumas on a Thursday edition of the show tomorrow to get you set for all things Calgary and the Ottawa Red Blacks. We'll take a break, come back on the other side, close out the show with a little bit of Blue Jays talk. That's next here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. You're listening to Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on the home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. All right, hour two rolls on. Logan Gordon along with you. So many people in the studio. It's making me uncomfortable. I remember the COVID days when I was the only one here. Everyone else was at home on their laptops. Steinberg was there and we played Wild Card Wednesday every single day. Those were the real days. Now there's people. Got to bring every- that back. Now then. there's people everywhere. Not like today. Going to have Aaron Vicker and his and his beautiful eyes staring at me while I do the show, making me uncomfortable. Not in the way that Pat makes me uncomfortable, but similar. Yeah. An engineer in here, interns in here. 
It is just a mess. The packed house today. Welcome to the show, though. Hope you've uh, enjoyed what we brought you so far. The Stanley Cup final reaction. A little bit of CFL talk. Last segment with your stamps report on this Wednesday. And now the debut of a new daily segment. Is it daily? Is it daily? Every yeah. day? Something every day. Don't, don't sound so excited about it. There's at least three people on the text line that I feel have crossed lines that are going to be really happy about this, though. And that uh, is our own Taylor Dingman bringing you a daily a daily edition starting today with the Jays Report. Time now for the Jays Report on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Here's Taylor Dingman. The Toronto Blue Jays fell 11-6 against the Baltimore Orioles in the first game of this series. Starter Chris Bassett went three innings with eight earned runs in 77 pitches. But a comeback rally started when Kevin Biggio came in to pinch hit for Vladimir Guerrero Jr. in the top of the eighth and hit his sixth home run of the season. Three and one, and he hits it high and deep to right, and he's got another home run. He ended his night going two for two with two runs and one RBI. The Jays look to bounce back with Jose Barrios on the mound in the second set of the series facing off against Kyle Bradish. Brios holds a 9-0 win record with an ERA of 292 in 12 appearances against the O's and even pitching a complete shutout back in 2018. That's your Jays report for this Wednesday. As a reminder, first pitch goes at 5.05 p.m. and you can catch all the action right here on Sportsnet 960. Catch the Blue Jays all season long right here on Calgary's home of the Blue Jays, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Let's go, Taylor! Yeah, let's not do that. Nicely done. That's about 15 times better than I would have done at uh, my first time doing something like that. So, congrats. Well, those were actually really well done. I'm looking forward to you doing those on the daily going forward. Okay. So. I'm stoked that you might not okay, be, but I am. Bud. I am. Uh, yes, Jay's back in action tonight. Uh, another great start to that series last night against the O's. Chris Bassett uh, spoke. Uh, spoke post game about some of the struggles he had against the Orioles. Just hit the ball hard. Um, I, I haven't been able to break down the film or anything like that, so I really can't tell you anything, anything besides that. Um, thought I made a couple of really good pitches, and they ended up being homers. So, I, again, I don't, I'm not sure. Other than that, um, I'll have a better answer tomorrow. But overall, I'm not sure. Uh, manager John Schneider, despite the loss, uh, still pretty positive, happy that his offense got going and feels as though they'll be set up well as the uh, series continues tonight in Baltimore. You know, if you're not going to be clipping three-run homers or two-run homers consistently, you got to string together quality of bats and get those hits, especially with guys on. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, overall, you know, you can't really say anything bad about our offense. I mean, these guys, they prepare, they grind, and, you know, it hasn't quite been working out with guys on base. Um, but total total confidence that it'll turn. But um, I think while you're kind of in survival mode, you gotta you gotta clip a couple that go over the fence. Jays and Orioles uh, back on the main Sportsnet network tonight. Obviously, with hockey finishing up, the Jays will be back uh, on the Sportsnet West side of things going forward. Uh, you'll catch that one here on Sportsnet 960, the fan as well. Following Flames talk with Steinberg. And Vickers 507 first pitch from Baltimore. Two games, uh, excuse me, three games in the majors uh, finishing up earlier today. Twins doubled up the Brewers by a 4-2 score. 
the Atlanta Braves and the Detroit Tigers. High-scoring affair, uh, 10-7 Braves over the Tigers earlier today. You could have watched that one on Sportsnet 1. And it took extra innings with the San Francisco Giants picking up an 8-5 victory over the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, Three runs in the 10th inning for San Fran gives them the victory. They are 35 and 32, third in the NL West. Cardinals uh, continue their abysmal season. They are 27 and 41, fifth in the NL Central. Other games uh, for the Jays to watch out for tonight: Red Sox hosting the Colorado Rockies. You've also got the Tampa Bay Rays in Oakland. Uh, 7:40 first pitch for that one. Uh, and interesting last night that the reverse. Um, protest that they had going on in Oakland. Uh, not the first protest, but it was the um, can't think of the name of it now. Of course, that I'm trying to. Um, of course, I'm trying to find the word that everyone's been using for. It. They were trying to convince the team reverse boycott. That's what it was. I couldn't think of the name, but now uh, Oakland A's fans aren't happy about the team being moved to Vegas, so they showed up for a reverse boycott at Oakland Coliseum. Thousands of fans outside protesting the planned relocation, chanting for ownership to sell the team to someone that will keep it in Oakland. Uh, they'd sell the team chance throughout the game uh, between the A's and the Rays, which Oakland won 2-1. It was their seventh straight win. Uh, the boycott comes on the same day. Nevada State Senate voted in favor of the A's proposal to acquire the $380 million to help build a stadium in Las Vegas. That proposal still has to be approved by state assembly and governor of Nevada before the A's can officially apply for relocation with Major League Baseball. Uh, Also got a battle of New York tonight as the Yankees are taking on the New York Mets. That one set for a 5-10 first pitch. Uh, Garrett Colbert or Justin Verlander, by the way, uh, on Sportsnet 1. So pretty good matchup there uh, if you're looking for a good pitching matchup to watch alongside the Jays and the Orioles. So we're uh, wrapping up now on the uh, NHL season, Vegas and the Florida Panthers, the final two teams to hit the NHL's offseason. Talked a little bit earlier about Florida's offseason. Not a ton of RFAs and UFAs to look at for that group going forward, but obviously trying to make improvements on the blue line. Goaltending situation with Spencer Knight still up in the air for them. What about the Vegas Golden Knights? What does the offseason look like? for Kelly McCrimmon and company coming off a Stanley Cup victory. A couple interesting RFAs, a couple uh, UFAs to watch out for. Brett Howden is a RFA with Arbrights, while Barbashev, Bluger, and Kessel, as far as forwards go, uh, are UFAs. I think it's probably fair to say that Phil Kessel will try to look for greener pastures. He was talking to Luke Fox from Sportsnet uh, on the ice last night saying, hey, Yeah, I just won my third Stanley Cup. I'd like to push for a fourth. I still feel like I can play, but he got pushed out with the depth in Vegas. So at 35 years old, you can probably see Phil Kessel finding a new home. What about Ivan Barbashev? The guy was an absolute stud for them coming in from St. Louis and fit in perfectly on a line, but is in a really interesting spot when it comes to a contract status. In uh, 56 games, or 59 games, excuse me, with the Blues, he put up 29 points, another 16 in 23 games when he got to Vegas, uh, equal in 22 playoff games where he put up 18 points for the team. What's Ivan Barbashev worth on the free agent market? What is he worth to the Vegas Golden Knights to keep him? He's an unrestricted free agent. 
He's 27 years old, so right in the prime of his career, can the Vegas Golden Knights find a way to keep one of their key pieces from this playoff run around for a little bit longer? Uh, As we hit cap friendly today, they're projecting the Golden Knights heading into the offseason with $3.46 million of cap space. That's a, a tight squeeze. Uh, as far as the defense goes, they look like they're pretty solid. No real big UFAs or RFAs to worry about. The goaltenders are a bit of a mishmash of players. You've got Robin Lehner and Logan Thompson signed up for the next two years, so that's good. Uh, but what about Brassois, Hill, and Jonathan Quick? I think you can probably say it's safe to say that Jonathan Quick either retires or finds himself a new home going forward. Uh, Aiden Hill, again, 27 years old, acquired at a low price for the Vegas Golden Knights. Will you say goodbye to the goaltender that got you to a Stanley Cup in the end of it? It very well could happen. We just talked all day about you know the risks and the ruthlessness of Vegas that got them to this point. Would it be the most Vegas thing ever to simply let Aiden Hill walk in free agency and say, hey, Thanks, we appreciate it. We're not going to be able to keep you at a raised price. We're going to go forward with Logan Thompson and and Robin Lehner. It seems like that's a a pretty very, like I wouldn't be stunned if that happened. Laurent Brassois, 30 years old now, which is crazy. I remember when Laurent Brassois was a prospect with the Calgary Flames organization. I remember him getting traded for Roman Horak. Like, I remember all these things, and now he's 30 years old and was a, a backup goaltender and was starting games in the Stanley Cup playoffs for the Vegas Golden Knights. Do you let him walk? Um, clearly, five goaltenders is too many for the Vegas Golden Knights, but Aiden Hill will be the main conversation to watch going forward. I'm going to assume he's given himself uh, an opportunity somewhere else based on the postseason that he had. He had a pretty good regular season, 27 games. goals against a 9.15 save percentage, while in 16 playoff games, 2.17 and a 9.32 save percentage. You'd have to imagine, uh, as it is every year, there's going to be somebody out there looking for goaltending help. Could Aiden Hill, at 27 years old, find himself on a long-term deal with someone willing to take a chance that he's ready to be a starting goaltender in the uh, National Hockey League? We'll have to watch and see what that uh, means for Vegas, but for me, the biggest two questions there, I mentioned Ivan Barbashev, Laurent Brassois, can Kelly McCrimmon find a way to bring both of those guys back? Is there money to be moved out? Does we see the like of an Alec Martinez perhaps retire? He's 35 years old now, second Stanley Cup victory. He's got one year left on his deal at $5.25 million. Could that open up some cap space for the Vegas Golden Knights? Uh, some of the deals that they've got on this back end are just ridiculous going forward. Uh, Shea Theodore at $5.2 million the next couple years is a steal. Braden McNabb at $2.85 million, a steal. And Zach Whitecloud signed up for the next five seasons at $2.75 million. There's not really a lot of adjustments for the Golden Knights to make going forward. You've just won a Stanley Cup, but the mantra for this team has always constantly been How do we get better? How do we improve? What's the next big move for this organization to make? It'll be interesting to see now that Bill Foley's got his Stanley Cup six years into the existence of the Vegas Golden Knights. 
if that mindset stays the same for this team going forward. I want to hear from a couple other members of the Golden Knights uh, following their victory last night. Um, it was just such a, a great one to hear from them. There's so many guys, so many great storylines for this team, including Jonathan Marshall. So he is your Con Smythe winner, uh, deservedly so, one of the original Golden Knights. He has another great playoff series against his former team, was celebrating with his family, and uh, clearly one of the big storylines for Vegas. Here he is post-game last night following the victory and following his Con Smythe trophy win especially through the past few years to achieve my goal. Uh, my wife was unbelievable, to be honest. And uh, you know what, like, you, you don't hear enough about it, how, how big they are in, uh, in uh, a career of a, of a professional athlete. And uh, so happy to, to do it. And there's a lot of uh, bumps and bruises along the way. And uh, it was just, uh, just, a great, just a great feeling right now to... To, to see my journey where where it brought me and uh, that's something that I'll cherish for the rest of my life. Front right. Jonathan, uh, you and Jack Eichel had such incredible chemistry throughout these playoffs. Just wanted to get your thoughts on, on winning this with him. Yeah, I mean, first playoff, first win for him, right? It's pretty good average. <laughs> so super happy for him, honestly. we Ever since he came in last year, we were just a different team. And... He's a game changer for a group. He's he's been unbelievable, and this trophy could have definitely went to him too. And uh, uh, I could never have that without him. And all my teammates and my line mates were unbelievable all along the series. Uh, honestly, it was just a overall great package, and uh, I'm really happy for him. Like uh, a guy, a, a superstar like that gets so much media attention, and. Uh, and he delivered. So I'm so happy for him and proud of him for sure. Right side, third row. Jonathan, sorry, the trophy's kind of in the way. <laughs> I just want to ask you about your, your playoff journey here. Uh, I know that you struggled a little bit to score in the first the first series and a half, but can you just give me a thought on, on keeping with it and then eventually you knowing that the goals would come and the points would come? Yeah, I definitely wasn't happy with my first round of production, but uh, at the end of the day, we find a way to win hockey games and... Uh, there's a bunch of guys that stepped up in the right time, and uh, it was just I wanted to contribute and help my team win hockey games, but we were still doing it without me producing. So uh, that's kind of one one of the things that ha happened in the in this year's playoff. Is every round there's somebody that was stepping up and it was great. And uh, honestly, you don't get here just by one or two guys. You get here with a full effort of the organization, and uh, it's something we can really be proud of. Left side, second row. Uh, first off, congratulations on the cup and the con Smythe. Thank you. H how special was it to see you know you and the other five originals get that cup handoff from Mark Stone uh, in order? And did you know it was going to go down that way? Well, I didn't expect it, but I know that uh, Riley kind of came to me. He's like, Stoney's going to give it to me, and I'll give it to you. So I was like, kind of shocked a little bit because we have so much veterans in that locker room and guys that came in at different times in the past six years and have been huge for us. And uh, But it was definitely a great gesture uh, and something that will go down in uh, one of the classiest things I've seen. And uh, super happy to be part of that for sure. We'll take a few more questions in English. Front left. 
Danny Webster, Las Vegas Sun. John, I guess along those lines of classy gestures for Bruce to start you, Will and Riley, and Braden and Shea to start the game. And to hear that ovation is probably one of the louder player and trail ovations that we've heard in this building. Just what did that mean to you guys? Yeah, you know what? It was. It got me off surprise, to be honest. I didn't know we were going to start. And uh, it was a great gesture. It was just well thought. I didn't even think about it. And uh, it was super nice on his part. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we've been here for six years. We And Will as well. And you know what? Like, we grinded. Like, we grinded. We wanted to get back at the feeling we had the first year and to get back to the dance. And we know that this year, going back at it, things would be different. And... Uh, we definitely took a different approach, and uh, it was just fun to be part of it, for sure. Take two more questions in English, right side, third John, row. Jonathan, what has Mark Stone meant to this team, and what have you seen him go through uh, to get to this point with his health and everything? I mean, he's he's our leader, right? He's he's our guy. He's He came in the second year, and he was great since the first moment he came in. He was unbelievable, and uh, he's been such a great, uh, a great uh, factor in – Every step of the way, uh, off the ice and Henry, careful, buddy. Uh, off the ice and on the ice, and for him to grind out last year, the same thing. This year, the same thing. He grinded and he wanted to come back. And honestly, like to him to get a hat trick tonight, like uh, you can write it better than that, right? I mean, it's just such a such a great comeback story, and he's been unbelievable. He's such a great human being to have around, and. Couldn't be more happy for a guy like that, for sure. One more in English, front right. <clears throat> Thanks. Hey, Jonathan, Ryan Kennedy from the Hockey News. Um, how good do you feel for the city of Las Vegas and, and the support you've gotten from them over the years? Yeah, it's, it's been an unbelievable uh, ride, for sure. Uh, even the first year, we had so much fun with the fans and at T-Mobile, the energy. We we got ranked the best arena to play in for, for a reason, right? So... Uh, it's been a great ride, and the fans, the community has been unbelievable since we came in. And uh, I remember game four, we wanted to bring it back home with a chance to win it all, and uh, and we did. And honestly, we, our team delivered tonight. I mean, we, we, we were dominating the whole game, and I was just so proud to do it in front of our fans, and uh, that's a moment that I'll never forget. And now we'll take one in French on the left side. Salut, Jonathan. No, we will not. Steinberg's not here. We're not taking any French questions. Refuse. Non, uh, non en français. Don't say that to me. How rude. Taylor's looking at me like, we're not going to take the French question? No, we're not going to take the French question. My French isn't that good. I might have just said something I don't something even know really why bad. the French was, was in there, Cam. Huh? It's fine. Maybe you want it. to say we, now. It's no? a bilingual country. I'm not here to violate any city. language laws or nothing language like that. law. That's what there's a lot of language laws. That's yeah. the card we're going to pull today. For sure. For sure. Those language laws always get in the way for Cam. That's it's tough working around it, you know. Uh, Paul Maurice answered questions in English. And uh, luckily we have a couple of those for you as well. Uh, talking about some of the injuries for a couple of his key players. Uh, the big one last night, obviously, Matthew Kachuk. Here is uh, Paul Maurice on the extent of the injuries. Uh, for Florida's superstar number 19. I'm not sure it's his collarbone, sternum, clavicle, SI joint is, I think, the words that I heard, but um, he'll heal fine from it. Um, 
to get into the next game and because he is so smart. He can find a way around the ice. He can find it. I think he had three of our best chances to score in that game. But he couldn't do the things that he can do to finish. But the the next day after the full game that he played off it, he was I mean he he didn't dress himself for the game. Somebody helped him get his gear on, somebody tied his skates, somebody put a sweater on for him. Uh, but the next day when he came in he was in significant pain, so there wasn't really a question on whether he'd be able to play or not. You know, just the, the fractured sternum. No big deal. I believe it was John Bougiros of ESPN who had the report that uh, Brother Brady, kind enough to help uh, Matthew get out of bed after his pregame nap for game four. So, you know, things are going well. Hockey players, man. Just unbelievable that he even played 17 minutes like that in game four. And you understand, of course, now why Bruce Cass, or excuse me, why Paul Maurice used him in such limited roles in game four. He's still, like I said, he still wound up playing 17 minutes. Guy needs help getting every piece of equipment off post and pregame and just couldn't push it any further into game five. And it turns out he wasn't the only member of the Florida Panthers dealing with some pretty major injuries. Aaron Ekblad able to gut it out, but again, another long list of injuries for a key member of the Florida Panthers. Aaron Ekblad broke his foot in the Boston series. He popped his shoulder out twice, passed a concussion cane test, tore his oblique. Then went up the ice the other night and drove the puck into the offense. There's only we tied the game and he scored tonight. So I don't know. We have four broken bones. We've got three shoulders that are going to have to get taken care of. We've got oblique tears. It's not an excuse. So don't even. We, we don't need one. These guys earned the right. They gave everything they had. He broke his foot. In the Boston, the Boston series, that was three series ago. And as uh, we were just listening to that, Taylor brings up a good point that at, at some point isn't enough enough. Like isn't you know the concussion and the separated shoulder and the broken foot. I, I look, I'll never question the toughness or the will for these guys to to bounce back into these games and to keep playing. But man. The laundry list of injuries that some of these guys play through, you know, by 35, you understand. It always goes back to Sean Monahan's the one where I'm talking about your guy before 30 having multiple hip surgeries and wrist surgeries and everything else that these guys go through. It really is, you know, putting your body on the line. We won't talk about it when they're players, but when they're 40 or 50 years old, that's got to come back to bite you. Uh, before we get out of here, there's one person on the text line who's very mad that I didn't play the French question and answer from Jonathan Marshall. Show. It's not, no, it's not Pat. Pat doesn't use the word twit. <laughs> you twit. Mans is very angry. Not a great look to come across the radio. Give your head a shake. Most people to... don't speak French here. You've been needing to give your head a shake. Quite a 
quite a few times the if past month. If I had to month. give my head a shake for every stupid thing I said, I'd have a concussion. I'd have multiple concussions. Some whiplash. Stop. Some of the people that listen to the radio station speak. Most people don't. And if I played the French one, I'd have 15 people texting in going, I don't speak French and I don't understand a single word that Jonathan Marshall show or that reporter said. I will gladly provide that texter the link to find the French audio so that they may listen while I give my head a shake for being a twit. <laughs> Going to give a big shout out to Cam for including that portion of the question that I had to jump out of. I gave you so a that lot of heads up. 4410 could shame me on the texting. You twit. It's been a while, maybe. <laughs> Just keep you humble. Yeah, that's what it's about, keeping me humble. That's I'm, I need that's to be humble for that one. Yeah. Because one answer got taken out. You don't even know what it was. I don't think it was groundbreaking. This place. Maybe tomorrow we should we gotta play. got to play it now. Yeah, I got to play it tomorrow. Nicola, maybe, maybe, oh, that's what we'll do. That's what we'll do. Here, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to cave... To one person. This is, this is I'll do my caving. best to live translate. Yeah, we're gonna go and we're gonna do this here. I'm gonna find it. Come on. There it is. There's John the Marshall Show. Okay, we're gonna find this live on the radio. We're gonna do this just for you. 4410. You better appreciate that. Here we go. Let's find this. This is English, so be attention. 4410, this is for you here coming up. I'll be shaking my head. It's been a great ride, and the fans, the community has been unbelievable since we came in. And I remember game four, we wanted to bring Stop talking English, that's enough of that. I don't want to hear English answers. I was just so... One in French on the left side. There. Salut Jonathan, pendant toutes les séries, t'as pas voulu t'imaginer gagner la coupe, tout ça. On a entendu, tu étais Mike Top, tu as dit à Brett Harden que tu avais une vision, que tu allais gagner la Coupe. Est-ce que tu peux nous en dire plus là-dessus? Euh, oui, mais c'est quelque chose que je ne sais pas pourquoi, mais je savais avant les matchs si on allait gagner ou perdre un petit peu. Puis j'en parlais à Brett. Puis euh, c'était comme un petit peu notre rituel. Tu sais, comme après la Game 3, je me rappelle, je suis allé voir Brett, puis j'ai dit, on va gagner les deux prochains matchs. Puis il a dit, OK. Puis j'avais dit la même chose. Euh, Après Game 4 contre Edmonton, je dis on va gagner les deux prochains matchs. Puis c'est juste quelque chose que j'avais vu. Puis je n'avais parlé un petit peu avant Game 3, mais je, je, je me voyais gagner la coupe dans mon gilet or. Fait que je, je, je sais pas pourquoi, je savais qu'on allait peut-être perdre une ou deux games en Floride. Puis euh, ça changeait rien que je travaille fort tout le temps, mais... C'est quelque chose que, je sais pas, j'avais un feeling au début des séries, puis j'en parlais à Brett, parce qu'on voyage ensemble pour aller à port puis euh, je, je, je suis sûr qu'ils vont m'en reparler dans pas long. Are you happy now? He four, is. 4410, you happy now? Yep. They texted back in. You said Brett three times, that's all I got. You know, I he... think that was Brett Howden he was talking about, but I, I couldn't tell you. I don't speak French. I mean, he just said that he knew they were going to win the cup after game four. So, yeah, so did I. <laughs> Bold statement, Jonathan. Say it in English next time if you're so confident. There you go. That, that was me caving live on the radio to one person. 
And the see, look at this. Look at all the texts now, 4410. This is what I told you. This one, F you, 4410. This one says, don't cave, you twit. I don't speak French. Uh, French, why are you playing a question, you twit? That's a minute of my radio life I won't get back. Uh, it was better when you didn't play the French. What a waste of time. I'll never get that two minutes back. Um, something, merci, that's 4410. done with you. That's, that's it. That's enough. See what happens when I cave? I can't please anybody. What's new? Uh, thanks to Luke Fox for joining us. Thanks to uh, Patrick Dumas for the stamps report. Shame on you, 4410. Can't do this now. I'm out of here. I've had such a, this is unbelievable. I've had enough today. This is a perfect way Man's to end it up. throwing his thanks things for, all over the Thanks for the, the French version, you dork. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks to Taylor. Thanks to Cam. They're outstanding. Steinberg and Vickers are next. Probably less French, less caving, better radio. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Same time, same place. Sportsnet 960, the fan.